if you invest a thousand percent of yourself into your business each and every single day, it's not going to work. Welcome to JMPS. You're here today because you want to learn, you want to be inspired, and you want to feel empowered. What better way to do so than getting first-hand insights from professionals who once sat in your seats and stood in your shoes? Today's guest is an individual who completed his undergrad from Concordia University with a double major in business technology management and marketing. During his time at Concordia, he was involved in numerous extracurricular activities while maintaining a high academic standing. He was involved in case competitions, both locally and internationally. He was a teaching assistant, and he was also a part of CASA. Upon graduation, he was awarded the Elixir Prize for his stellar grades and outstanding commitment to significant projects while being a university student. After graduating, he worked at Pratt & Whitney Canada, PricewaterhouseCoopers, and at Groupe Germain Hotels. Later in his career, he took a leap and started his own business, The Emerging Markets Project. So without any further ado, I welcome you, a hardworking, detail-oriented, and passionate individual, Chris Carpini. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Chris. Yes, thanks for having me. We really appreciate you taking the time to meet with us today. So the first question is, after graduating Concordia, you first worked at Pratt & Whitney as an analyst, and you also worked in consulting at PwC. So what made you shift from that corporate environment and start the Emerging Markets Project? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it, it was something that happened really organically. I never anticipated being an entrepreneur or thought that I wanted to go into entrepreneurship after graduating. So um, I did start at Pratt & Whitney and eventually moved on to PwC. In both positions, I was working in kind of an IT-related field. Um, and it was actually when I was at PwC, I was working and studying full-time. And I remember not loving what I was doing. Okay. I had a moment, I remember in the spring time uh, when I was working at PwC, where I was wondering, you know, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. This is not exactly what I want to be doing. Um, I want to have more contact with clients. I want to be, you know, more front facing and not doing analysis and, and doing a lot of like back end stuff mm -hmm. in the IT world. So um, I kind of had a little bit of a fun burnout moment before even graduating. It was great. And realized that IT was just not what I wanted to do. And moreover, working in corporate was also something I didn't want to do. Um, you didn't fit with that nine to five life? I didn't fit with the nine to five, which was more of a nine to nine life at that okay. point. But I didn't like the idea of just having a set role, that kind of analogy that we hear of a cog in the machine in corporate. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, it's it's not... It depends on the company, but that does exist in, in many cases. It's a well-oiled machine. There's processes in place. And so you don't necessarily mm -hmm. see the, the big picture. And I hated that. You're just like one part of the entire process. Exactly. You were just one piece of it. And that's totally normal in a corporate environment, but mm -hmm. it wasn't for me. And that plus the kind of IT world, I realized I loved IT and technology, but what I loved was more so consumer technology. And that's not what business technology management is. And that's not what working in IT actually is. Um, okay. so I had this lovely little burnout phase and what I did during that time was I tried to figure out what I loved, um, and what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, which is a tall order <laughs> before you can graduate. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking back to what I loved doing 
as a child, which was um, I loved traveling and I loved staying in hotels. And I mean, everyone loves staying in hotels, but mm-hmm. I had this like obsessive love okay. for the hotel world and just everything that it was and the experience and the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a really big leap. I added marketing as a double major um, right at the end of my degree, just to kind of okay. get more towards the client facing side of the business. And I applied for a position in a hotel that happened to be just opening across the street from where I lived. And I remember walking into the job interview and saying, listen, I, I, like, I don't know anything about the hospitality world. I don't have a degree in it, but I love your values. Uh, I love everything that this company stands for, which was true and is true to this day. And I think that there's just a good fit there. And they gave me a chance. Um, I learned so much from working this group Jermaine hotels and Mm -hmm. it was absolutely amazing. It's exactly what I wanted to do. And then over time, the opportunity to start our own business kind of emerged very organically. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that while working as well as many entrepreneurs do at the start of the business or Mm -hmm. the startup. And then I had the opportunity to transition to doing that full time. And I mean, I jumped on it. I mean, it's exactly, I loved what I was doing on a part-time basis. And then when the opportunity to do it every single day came about, mm-hmm. I had to jump on that. So, and, it, yeah. and also, do you feel like what your experience at the hotel? Do you think that you learned a lot from there that you were that you now implement in your day to day? One hundred percent, of course. I mean, when we're negotiating with hotel partners in all the countries we visit, mm-hmm. it's it's me who's doing it, sure. um, and I learned so much from from that company and from that experience that I now apply today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably absolutely. more so than like. Uh, Pratt or PWC yeah I think it was very different the experiences and mm-hmm. Group Jermaine Hotels was also or is also you know a, a smaller company than Pratt and Whitney and PWC sure. and that whole culture is very different it's a family business it's a tightly knit group um, and it has a bit of that kind of startup culture as well so it was completely different I got to see the whole picture um, mm-hmm. I was doing things from start to finish Okay. Uh, the processes were not in place. We were building them as we went, mm-hmm. very much like in a startup and very much like what we do today in the emerging so markets. You can use your creativity, you can innovate because you get to create the processes instead of just joining a team that's already used to doing things a certain way. Exactly. But it's very different, right? The downside, I mean, I'm painting a really beautiful picture of these <laughs> kind of small companies uh, or small to medium sized companies. But the truth is, the big difference in these small companies is you don't have anyone to lead you or anyone to guide you. Mm-hmm. When I think about the Emerging Markets Project and our you know, our business, there is no one telling us what to do and we have to figure it out as we go. And that's mm-hmm. really scary at the same time and Definitely. really challenging for a whole different set of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Chris, one thing that I find super interesting is that, like for example, when you landed a job at these great corporate offices that you didn't just like, be like, okay, that's it. Because I feel that a lot of people in students, especially in university, as soon as they know they get an offer from, let's say, PricewaterhouseCoopers, they know that their life is set, their life is made. And I found it super interesting how when you're inside, you realize it was not for you. Not everyone has the guts and the willingness to like, go ahead and just do something. It's like the traditional path. Yeah, you know, it, you, yeah. it's you not get traditional. out of school, you start cool. working. And so it's, it's, really, it's really cool. Like, Very you know, cool. it takes a lot of courage to mm. make that first leap. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, now we're going to talk about emerging markets. Sure, yeah. Um, so you can explain a little bit about you know what it is and also like the application process, what can students expect. Yeah, absolutely. 
Essentially, uh, the Emerging Markets Project, in a nutshell, uh, we're an organization, we're based in Montreal, uh, and we offer professional development trips for students and young professionals that enable them to visit some of the world's fastest growing countries while gaining experience that helps them to stand out in their career. So we create these one to two week trips where students visit a fast growing country like China, South Africa, um, Colombia, Mexico, South Korea, and while they're there, they're taking part in master classes, workshops, company visits. And the whole idea is that they're networking with the locals, gaining insights and building a skill set in international business that will really help them to stand out in their fields. So we actually started this whole initiative at JMSB four years ago, just as a trip for JMSB students. And over time, we started gaining interest from other universities, student groups, faculty from other universities in Canada. And then, as I was saying, had the opportunity to, to expand. And I personally had the opportunity to take this on as more of a full-time um, job. And essentially, we work with student groups at JMSB. For example, we work with the John Molson International Business Association and some faculty members and um, students apply to take part in the trip. It's a simple online application followed by an interview. We're trying to find students that are motivated, ambitious, curious, and open-minded and really want to challenge themselves because it is two weeks of absolute jam-packed mm -hmm. networking, traveling. It's really the perfect So this mix. itinerary is already planned for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pre-planned itinerary. I always love to say that we do a really great job at mixing business and leisure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the day you're visiting major companies like Ubisoft, Bombardier, we visited Alibaba once, the Canadian wow. embassy. Um, and by night you're visiting all the local sites. So, you know, mm -hmm. I always say we don't take you to China and stop you from seeing the Great Wall. We do that mm -hmm. and get you to tour all the companies and meet all the locals wow, all amazing. at the same time. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And these trips take place all year round? How's you said you um, pre-podcast, you mentioned how you follow the academic calendar just to make it more convenient for students. Yeah, I mean, so to be fair, we work mostly with students. That's mm -hmm. the, the main participant that we have worked with from the start, um, the main type of participant. And so to align with the student schedule, we tend to run these trips at the end of the winter semester. So right before the summer break begins. Mm -hmm. um, and we do run some occasionally during spring break and the winter break and the fall reading week at schools in Canada that have a fall reading week. Okay. Yeah, JMSB doesn't have that, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So um, on average, I, I mean, for sure it varies depending on the location, but on average, how much would you say a trip costs? Yeah, absolutely. So you're looking at, with the flight included, 2500 to 4400 And so that's flight included and everything included. Okay. So you can think of it as two weeks all-inclusive, essentially. Food. Food, accommodation. accommodations, transportation, the guides, the company tours, the workshops, the master classes. Yeah. Some of the tours that we run also have certifications. So certifications in, for example, Chinese business etiquette or South African business etiquette. And so those certifications are also included our whole philosophy is is essentially just show up. So we try mm -hmm. to make the experience as simple and seamless as possible so that the participants can actually focus on having a really great and eye-opening experience. And they, have, and they have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about, exactly. 2,500 to 4,400 covers all of that, essentially. And when you compare that to how much you would pay on your own for a two-week mm -hmm. trip to, let's say, China or South Africa, it's not much more than that, but you're getting a ton more value. Definitely, for sure. That's a good uh, bang for your buck. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's <expression>. Yes. <laughs>
Okay, so um, now in your personal experience, what is the one place in the world that you personally have been to and it was like the most amazing experience you've had? I would have to say Colombia without any hesitation. Um, Colombia was the first emerging market that I visited. Uh, and it was there that my entire kind of perception of what an emerging market is. So we hear the term a lot in kind of mm -hmm. the finance world and investments and international business, but essentially an emerging market is just a country that is experiencing a really fast economic growth, increasing foreign direct investment and a rapidly growing infrastructure. So there's tons of countries like this. And it tends to be countries that we don't know all that much about. Mm -hmm. So when I say Colombia, a lot of people think drugs, narcos, war, <laughs> uh, violence. These are the stereotypes that come with that country. And when I visited Colombia, every expectation that I had, and to be fair, I had those expectations mm -hmm. as well, were completely destroyed. And I can sit here for 30 minutes telling you about that experience, but it was so mind-blowing to see the people, the, the people, the locals who were rebuilding their lives following, you know, what was in fact war and drugs and all that mm. um, for many decades. And those misconceptions still stand for us as Canadians here, mm -hmm. but it's not true on the ground. And so I was so mind blown by that experience to see how, just how different the reality was compared to our expectations. I would say I fell in love with the country because of that, because it was so beyond what I could have even imagined. That's what's really amazing about traveling in general. You know, you get, you get exposed to all these different environments that you had, first of all, probably no idea what that culture was like, you know, especially if you go somewhere in Asia where the culture is completely different, you know, you're going to go there and you're going to be like, I'm in a completely different world almost, right? Exactly. So not only does it open your eyes to different markets, but it's super interesting how your, you know, your emerging markets project, you know, essentially plans all these activities to increase the awareness of that business world in, in these different countries. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that that is, that's a huge part of what we're doing, right? At the end of the day, the, the trips that we run are transformational. That's what we aim for. We want to open people's eyes and bridge the gap between what we see in Canada and what's going on in some of the world's fastest growing countries. Mm -hmm. And so when we visit these countries, it's a super transformative experience. It's very eye-opening. But that business side that you mentioned makes it relatable and it adds mm -hmm. that little piece of value that you know, you're know you going to come back to Canada and have some some relevant knowledge and a network and contacts abroad that will actually, that you'll be able to apply to your career. Definitely. Yeah. And super important too nowadays in our global fast changing economy with everything being accessed and on our fingertips, these, these contacts, connections are so valuable and yeah, to know how international connections, international connections and knowing how somebody else, another person, like how to act with them because every culture is different. Absolutely. I always say there's never been a point in history where the world has been as interconnected as it is today. You know, we've never seen this before. We've never had to operate in this type of world. There's never been a point in the history of humankind where we have had to integrate so seamlessly with so many different cultures in such a globalized job market, people with so many different backgrounds and frames of reference. And so that's that's why we do what we do. And, and that's why I agree with, with you in saying that if you don't have an international network in 2018, then, you know, you, you've 
you're not following the trends. You're not going in the direction that our global economy and our global world is going in. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, like, you know, connecting with different people from different cultures kind of reminds me of COM222. Because I remember in that class, we were talking about different personalities and, you know, how to approach people from different cultures. Mm -hmm. The dimensions of culture. Exactly. Yes. exactly. You would know all about that. Absolutely. <laughs> as a, if anyone doesn't know, Chris is an SOS tutor. For, uh, you can mention the classes? Yeah, a whole like, bunch of them. Column 205, 222, 223, 226, and a whole bunch of others, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, talking about classes, um, while you were at JMSB, so we know you were a stellar student, you did different extracurricular activities, um, what class or extracurricular would you say was the most useful and made your university experience um, as great as it was? Hopefully. Yeah, that, that's a great, you know, it was a great experience. I loved my time at JMSB. Um, I would have to say, so kind of two parts that that answer. In terms of an extracurricular activity, I was really involved in case comps. Mm -hmm. um, and that for me was the highlight of my university experience. It allowed me to apply what I was learning in the classroom to real world situations. Um, a lot of what we learn is very academic, very theoretical, which is totally fair and it's the foundation, but applying it, in my opinion, is the most important piece to that. So case comps were absolutely amazing. Um, and I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think just doing something mm -hmm. other than going to class, period, like whatever it might be, any kind of involvement, that's super key. Mm -hmm. And even if it's outside of school, whether it be, you know, internships or co-ops or whatever, you need to be doing something other than being in class you have mm -hmm. to it doesn't you're not making the most of your experience otherwise and you're not setting yourself up to stand out in the job market either mm -hmm. um, in terms of a class though that I really loved my favorite class that I'll always remember was service marketing with Michelle Ponet and it was easily the best class that I ever took in my life uh, wow. relevant to this day in what we do naturally as a service at the Emerging Market mm -hmm. Project so what you learned from that class applies to what you do on a daily Oh my gosh, basis, yeah, no? 10 out of 10 would recommend, yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a marketing class to take next That's the one. So. If she's teaching it, I'm sure it's great with anybody, but if she's teaching it in particular, mm -hmm. absolutely. I'll look into that. Service marketing. Service marketing, Service mar yeah. Okay. It's about, we learn a lot about products in marketing courses at JMSB, right? A lot about mm -hmm. products and a lot about B2C. Um, service marketing is, in fact, services, so intangible. Okay. Uh, okay. And it's a completely different way of looking at it, experiences, ideas, um, and services. Yeah. Okay. So we're at the last question. If you were to give one key advice, I know you already kind of gave, you know, some tips right before, but if you were to give one key advice to students who aspire to have their own business someday, what would you say? Oof, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> I would have to say, I'm going to give two two different kind of pieces of advice here. And I think that the first one is that, you know, entrepreneurship is kind of, it's become very trendy, I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, we see a lot of it, especially in Montreal. It's like a, a startup capital in, mm -hmm. in Canada. Um, and it's not super easy to find an idea for a startup. And as I had mentioned, we didn't go into this with the intention of starting a business necessarily. We didn't, you know, say, okay, I've graduated. What is my business idea? I think that there has to be a little bit of kind of organic, you know, searching that has mm -hmm. to happen there. Um, you have to find something that you love because you're going to be spending almost every hour of your of your day working on it. Mm -hmm. And that is something that does have to come a little organically and requires some soul searching and understanding of yourself as a human before jumping into 
ideas and validating them and whatnot. That's that's mm-hmm. just part of the process that comes afterwards. Um, so I think at the beginning of stage, at the beginning stages, you want to figure out what you love and figure out what you want to do before even jumping into the world of entrepreneurship, figuring out what you're passionate about and how you can make a contribution to the world that means something to you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're actually in it, though, I have a bit of a different piece of advice. And it's probably not what a lot of the business gurus would say. And it's not actually related to business at all. But I would say you need to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I see so many entrepreneurs that burn themselves out. And I mean, I, having experienced this lovely kind of world of burnout, have been very careful throughout this entrepreneurial journey to make sure that I don't kind of fall into that trap again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to want to spend every waking minute of your life working on your business. It's like, a, it's like having a child. Uh, and it's not easy either. Every day you're learning something new. Um, my co-founder Chelsea puts it really great. She says entrepreneurship is like waking up every morning and eating a light bulb. Uh, so <laughs> it's not easy and you don't have the solutions. And if you invest a thousand percent of yourself into your business each and every single day, it's it's not going to work. You're going to lose out personally. You're going to lose out socially. Your physical health is going to suffer. Um, and you don't want that as an entrepreneur because you need to be there to, to raise the child essentially. Yeah. So I think that would be my second piece of advice when you're actually in it, be careful of yourself. And that ultimately applies to any career, whether it be entrepreneurship or in the corporate world or anything. Yeah. Like a life I, advice. I guess so. Life yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually feel like a lot of entrepreneurs probably deal with this because if you're so passionate about something, you want to spend every minute of you know, working towards that goal and working on that project. But uh, yeah, no, for sure. It's really important to take care of yourself as well. Yeah, we have a great coach actually in our business that says, you know, you can't run at 110% every single day. You can run at 110% when you need to for a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks, a couple of days, but not forever. You Mm -hmm. cannot run at 110% forever. So yeah, you have to be careful with that. I see so many entrepreneurs burn out and it's really Mm -hmm. sad. But it's all in a passion, so it's all with good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I guess that's it. Thank you. That was a really good piece of advice, both of them. And uh, so, yeah, we just want to thank you for your time again. We really appreciate having you on the podcast. And uh, hopefully many students will uh, look into Emerging Markets Project. Yeah. And so where can actually people find your uh, startup? Absolutely, yeah. You can just Google Emerging Markets Project. I mean, our website is emergingmarketsproject.com, which is a bit of a mouthful. But if you Google Emerging Markets or Emerging Markets Project, you will find us. Uh, We have trips leaving throughout the year. We have an amazing one to China this year with uh, the John Molson International Business Association. Still accepting applications. (laughs) And uh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a super eye-opening experience. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of JMPS. Keep an eye out for the Emerging Markets trips this year and stay tuned for so much more.